Gilmore Interior Design is a full-service interior design studio. Based in Sydney, their multi-award winning studio is built on creativity, collaboration and exceptional service. To find out more, go to www.gilmoreid.com.au. Well, hi everyone, it's Ali Abel here and I'm so excited to be bringing the very first episode of Retire Talk to you today. I'm thrilled to have joined me, the beautiful Jodie Prosser. Well, many of you would know Jodie in her role as the Director of Leadership and Learning at DCM, but there is so much more to this incredible lady to uncover. She has an incredibly rich history within the industry and is doing remarkable things. Jo, welcome, and uh, thank you so much for being brave enough to be the very first. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know me, I'll nerd out on Village Talk anytime. (laughs) Look, I was only thinking the other day, we've probably been working quite closely together for the last uh, 18 months or so, yet we still have not ever met face-to-face. I can't believe it and I miss that opportunity, I have to tell you, because I'm such a tactile person, but I love how our relationship has grown without that need as well. Well, I think it's true testament to personal branding and online presence and, um, you know, various different things as well, which I know you're very big on and done very well in that space. But look, I just wanted to start off by talking a little bit about your passion for the retirement living and aged care sector. And I know we were uh, talking the other day and you were telling me a little bit about um, that rich history that you've got. Um, I think it all began when you were about 10. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about your beginnings and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, well, I guess I was destined for this sector. So from the age of 10, my family owned and operated a nursing home, as they were called back in those days. And we lived in the house on the nursing home site. So I'd go to school and come home to the nursing home. And uh, it was a joke amongst the nurses that if anyone went wandering, they'd take me to bring them back because the residents all loved to, you know, hold my hand and take me for a walk. So, uh, you know, people and community living has always been in my blood. I guess from there, mum and dad sold the nursing home as the regulations started to get a bit heavier in the 80s. And uh, Mum moved into retirement villages and Dad moved into pubs, so clearly I was too young to be in the pub with Dad. So I spent many school holidays in retirement villages and opening days, helping sales assistants, being the waiter at the Christmas function, and you name it, I think I did it in villages with Mum in my younger days. Uh, And then I was very blessed to be able to start a career with my Mum in her business village care where we built our portfolio to having 40 villages under management across Australia with 6,000 residents and 180 staff. And my role in that business was to look after the people and the processes, so both our staff and also our residents, look at making sure we had the right processes and policies that would support both of them. So I guess then we sold Village Care in 2008 And my husband and I, having had, you know, 15 years working in the sector with mum, have been consultants ever since and uh, Mark still is consulting. And I've uh, now been able to fulfil, I guess, my passion on being able to be part of the DCMI team and and lead professional development for village managers because one of the lessons I certainly learnt in our business is the village manager can make or break a very happy village. So true without question. 
Now, look, for some of us out there that don't know who your mum was, tell us a little bit about mum. Yeah, so mum, Loretta Byers, she was, when I came into the industry, they used to refer to her as the doyenne of the industry. (laughs) But she was, I guess, her career at, you know, a very early age, she was MD of Australia's largest uh, retirement village operator in the country. I think we were reflecting the other day, she was about 46 or 47 at the time. And she was instrumental in uh, creating uh, the acts in every state. So uh, 1987, 89, um, many of the acts commenced. And so she was instrumental in working our way as a sector from having trustee-based governance through to legislative governance. She was also one of the key founding members of the RBA and president for many, many years, too many that I can count. So... uh, she had a deep history in the sector and, you know, if anyone that knows mum, she's still around volunteering her time from time to time. She's really believed in the people part of our business. Well, there's no question that uh, the sector is definitely in your family blood. But what would you say would be the thing that your mum really taught you about the industry that you've kind of taken into your role now? Listen, listen, listen (laughs) would be one of the key things is to spend more time listening than you do talking. She also taught me the importance of having a service mentality. It doesn't matter my title or my role, but making sure that I was very aware Mm -hmm. of the community that I was representing and collaboration, kindness, We're all one team. Like there were so many things she taught me, but uh, certainly collaboration and that service mentality and and always be listening with definitely something I still live by today. Great things to take on. And I know we're having a bit of a laugh the other day, just sharing some photos of our our mums and talking about how proud we were. My mum's 74 and still working full time. And I just think it's great the things that we've been able to, you know, take um, from them as an example, which has been great. What are you working on at the moment, Joe? Well, I guess I'm still working on the Village Management Professional Development Program, which is now expanding into New Zealand. So we're only a, a month away from expanding that and that will now be an international program. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. And, of course, towards the end of the year we've got our Village Summit, which is a really important conference for village professionals to be able to look at the big picture and step out of the villages and see what the future might look like. And I know you're doing that a little bit differently this year. You're breaking it down um, Perth, I think, on Thursday the 11th of November, Adelaide Friday 19th of November, Brisbane Friday the 26th of November, um, Melbourne Tuesday the 30th and Sydney uh, the 2nd of December, if I'm correct. Yeah, you are correct. We are. We we started this conference just in Sydney, but um, following my passion and having the support of Chris Baines, uh, I really wanted to take it out to the states. And so we're really lucky now that the summit will be held in every state and we're encouraging CEOs and executive directors to come along with their team as a sign of respect for the great work that they do. Fantastic. And I know um, you've got a great lineup of speakers and um, I'll certainly be registering for, for that myself. In fact, I've just finished reading a book, um, Becky Hurst's book, For the Love of Community, which I really, really enjoyed and got a lot out of it. So if anyone hasn't read that, a great book to pick up and have a little bit of a read of. Now, 
One of the things that you and I are very aligned with, and we've again spoken about it quite a bit, is about our values, our personal values. And I know just from reading some of your information is that yours are excellence, creativity, collaboration, purpose, and passion, which I absolutely love. Tell me a little bit about how they came to be and what they mean to you. Yeah, well, I guess our family and our experiences in life leave a big footprint on who we are. And I guess the excellence to me, I've got a German father who the only way to do something is the right way. (laughs) So, you know, excellence to me means best practice to be continually improving, to, you know, never make sure that everything is live and current, Mm -hmm. not just settling on something that, yep, tick, we've done that, always being reviewing. Creativity, I guess, comes from my mum and her amazing ability, and I'm very grateful to have this skill um, learnt or, or, or modelled by her, was to be always be solutions focused. There's a solution mm-hmm. to everything. There's a win-win for everyone, um, even if it's just how the other person feels about um, the outcome. So, you know, that creativity isn't just always about looking at bigger, better, brighter, but it's always looking about the solution for everyone. Anyone who knows me knows collaboration is uh, <laughs> me. I want to do it with you. I want to <laughs> and together, you know, that's just who I am as a person. I love people, you know, it won't surprise you that I've been on the PNF at school and I'm a treasurer at the Tennis Association here locally and I live in a small country town because people are really important to me and, and doing things together I think is one of the greatest gifts, no matter your age, um, and certainly something I've learned from residents. Absolutely. I guess you're pretty blessed at the moment with the uh, current lockdown. Uh, I think South Australia, you don't have any restrictions at the moment, do you? That's right. The worst that we've got at the moment is having to wear our masks, so feeling very grateful and um, certainly have our colleagues um, in our minds of the changing environment that we're living in and, you know, understand that villages around the country are certainly in very different situations. So I am grateful for that. Look, my motto at the moment is uh, a day at a time, worry about today, worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And I know certainly with our team, you know, there's a lot of things that wouldn't normally be going on in their lives that are going on. And all we can do, as you said, is, you know, be supportive of one another, understanding of each other and, and really just try and hold each other up through these difficult times. The, the training platform really has changed, I would say, probably never so much as what it has in the last 18 months. Where do you currently seek your inspiration from to sort of stay on top of the industry? <laughs> I guess I'm very blessed to have been in the sector for a very long time. But one of the other things mum passed down to me was the importance of maintaining a great peer network. I seek inspiration from my peers, but I also spend a lot of time looking outside of our sector and seeing what's happening in community outside of our sector. So, you know, community development councils, I often say that, you know, um, retirement villages are just a little council area and they've got so many familiar things that a council has to do to operate, a village has to do to operate. So, Anyone who knows me well knows that 24-7 I'm thinking about villages, (laughs) how we can make them better and how we can help our people and how 
we can make them the accommodation solution of choice. So I, I guess I, I read a lot, I listen a lot, I seek out specialists. If there's someone said something that's of interest to me, I'll often DM them a message and say, oh, I'd love to talk to you more about that. So I guess I'm always looking for inspiration. Love that. Amen, sister. I guess one of the common myths in our industry is that uh, we're the poor cousin to the real estate industry and it's changing. Like I'm starting to see that change rapidly. What are some of your thoughts around that? Yeah, so it's interesting. Often been referred to as the poor cousin, whether we're of the real estate industry or whether we're of organisations that have aged care. Um, but I, I have seen a shift that retirement is seeking its own persona and I think mm. our industry associations have been doing a great amount of work to establish us as our own sector as well as many operators are really, you know, forging ahead quite serious businesses in this space. To me, it's uh, like seeing a full circle. So when I came into the sector, the superannuation funds owned a lot of villages and had other people operate them. We're seeing that happen again. Their investment back in the sector is is happening again. So um, I think we certainly are seeing that we're a serious property play. I think the people interested in us are seeing and are very interested in the recurring income that um, is produced out of retirement villages too. I certainly think we're getting, um, you know, stronger candidates into the industry, people that are starting to see this as a lifetime career, um, which has been fantastic. And I just think a lot of the different platforms and social media um, platforms that we're now using really is coming into line with some of these other sectors as well, which I think was really needed. Oh, absolutely. And I I agree, you know, um, if there's one legacy I can leave in this sector is a platform to support people to stay in the sector. Without question. Look, just to change direction a little bit, I'm always, you know, really interested to sort of hear about the common challenges that a lot of operators and individuals are sort of facing in the sector. What are you hearing, you know, on a day-to-day basis through training? What are you hearing from staff and operators themselves? Yeah, look, uh, I guess that's as broad as the industry is broad. But in saying that, um, I guess we we have a direct line with village professionals on a, a daily basis in, in our customer care team, talks to village managers every day and I do as well. And I guess from a training point of view, their struggle is real in terms of finding time to be mm. able to dedicate to their professional development. In many organisations, um, village professionals aren't necessarily afforded the importance of being further developed. Um, that's certainly changing. I've seen that change in the last three years that the, the pennies drop, that these village professionals are really important to organisations. But I think from a village manager's point of view or a village professional's point of view, that constant struggle of the changing environment with or without COVID, you know, the consumers changing, legislation's changing, the offering is changing, you know, so there's all new products coming out. So keeping up with that and their ability to keep on top of task management. You know, many of them talk to us about being time poor quite a lot and the changing consumer. So I think that's one of the biggest things I've noticed in my career is the consumer now 
is very, very different in their attitude and their communication style than mm-hmm. the or the veteran that we served, you know, 15 years ago. So true, so true. I mean, we've just got to constantly be adapting on a daily basis, don't we, to meet the demands of those that we are serving. I was reading a quote, actually, I think I heard a quote the other day that basically said, you know, water flows in the same direction until there's a disruption. And I think we would all agree that there has never been such a big disruptor as um, what we've seen with COVID in the last 18 months. What would you say has been the biggest impact for teams and operators because of COVID? Yeah, look, I think there's probably two things and it's kind of a a double-edged sword as well. I think that COVID obviously has been a disruptor that many operators have had to relook at their communication platforms. So we're seeing a lot more technology being implemented. The other thing I think very obviously is, and positively, is that we're re-looking at our service provision to our residents. So we sort of, as you will know, and you've been a part of it, I've seen the great work that you've been doing also in in your villages, but, um, you know, providers have been doing a number of activities, whether it's sourcing food service providers or, or groceries or, you know, choir in the courtyard. So, I think operators are re-looking at what their service provision models will be moving forward. I think there's been some great things out of that, but one of the things that I think is disrupted as well, and we're seeing at DCM is positively, again, the value of the people. So Mm. the value of supporting our teams and the value of supporting our residents and our residents supporting our teams and our residents supporting each other. Um, I love that the sector has really... This one event has started back the collaboration that we might have had in the family um, operated days. I'm seeing a lot more of that now between operators, between village managers, between residents and village managers. It's really nice to see that collaboration has also increased. Oh, look, I totally agree with you. And I think, again, looking just even at our team, the other night we all got together for a, um, a Zoom, like a, a gin tasting Zoom. And Next week we're doing trivia um, via Zoom as a team. You know, so certainly outside of the day-to-day work, we've looked at other ways of, you know, reconnecting as a team and, you know, across the villages. I know Booper, one of the villages that we're working on at the moment, um, Velvet has done an exceptional job and through the uh, online appointment setup, she's been able to get, I think it was five or six deposits just in the one month. So there's a lot of opportunity there when we creatively look at options of how to do things differently, isn't there? And I guess it comes back to what you were sort of saying earlier is it's not about how we can't do it, but it's it's about rethinking how we can do things differently. Absolutely. I think that's one of the great things COVID has brought us is that we're, I think we're now in an era that we will continually review our service provision and offering and how we communicate and, you know, how we collaborate. Without question, Jo. Look, no doubt your your role takes a massive toll. Um, I know, you know, outside of COVID, you're, you're travelling a fair bit. Tell us a little bit about how you recharge, revive and, you know, keep that motivation every day. Surprisingly enough, people. <laughs> so I get a great amount of joy out of being around people and with people. So being involved in my local community and having my own little personal village is um what brings me joy and spending time with them. 
I love the beach. I love the sun. We live an hour and a half out of town. So for me, a simple life, uh, life on the farm as such, having a bonfire out the back uh, with friends and family. Music. Who's your favourite artist? Oh, my gosh. Our, my son and I, our playlist is so eclectic. In fact, I was giggling to myself on the weekend. He's a tennis player and we're on the way to tennis and he's got Highway to Hell on. <laughs> I'm to myself, where did the kid get this from? This is amazing. And then we're coming home from tennis and he's got Frank Sinatra on. And I'm like, how do we get this? Wow, how do you go from there to there? I love it. But uh, you know, I, I guess as I get older, I love Adele, but um, I guess I love all, just as I love all people and all sorts of people and I love spending time in people's company, my music selection is probably just as diverse. Oh, <laughs> you're just the perfect human being, Jodie. <laughs> uh, 20 years on, obviously, you've been in the sector for a long time. What advice would you give your younger self if you were starting all over again? Don't sweat the small stuff. You know, uh, one of my mum's greatest gifts to me was, Joe, just do it. 80% right is better than not doing it at all. Oh, I love that. And the other thing I think I've grown with age, I don't think anything other than age has helped me with this, but just to be unequivocally myself. Good on you. I love that. That is just brilliant. Well, we've all got, I guess, um, you know, big supporters in what we do and mentors. We've talked about this, you know, between us before and how important those people play their role in our lives. Who is your mentor and who do you get a lot of that inspiration from? Is it your mum or is it, again, a group of people? Yeah, look, it's it's probably a bit of both. Obviously, my biggest mentor has been mum and I, I was just blessed talk about the most amazing human being. I was blessed to be uh, her child and and to be able to work with her. My husband's also maybe not, not a great, he's a great supporter, absolutely, but he's a great balancer. So we're yin and yang, right? I'm I'm passionate. Let's do it. Yes, go on. And he's like, oh, just let's think about that. You know, think about the consequences of that. So I, I've loved being his partner in crime for the last 25 years in this sector, but I am. We need that kind of person in our life, don't we, Jo? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm also blessed to have what we call the Breakfast Club here in South Australia where I've got um, a group of village managers, CEOs. There's only, I think there's only about eight or nine of us. I think there's 15 of us but it's only eight or nine that we try and get together once a quarter and have breakfast and nerd out on villages and we're really lucky here that SA Regulator is included in that group and she comes along and what, what goes on tour stays on tour. We all share our our deepest fears and our, our um, most incredible dreams that we have and it, and it doesn't leave the breakfast table. So I've been very lucky to have that group for a very long time. I love that. Well, look, you know, in summary, tell me why do you do what you do? Oh, my God, I love community. And no surprise if you just uh, read Becky Hurst's book all yep. around uh the love of community engagement, you know, that espouses everything. Um, I know that retirement villages are amazing places to live and uh, I live and breathe them and I know when they're well run and well supported 
that they are the best place to spend, you know, your retirement. In fact, I wouldn't mind. I wish they'd do them for my age group. I would live in a village tomorrow. So, you know, I do what I do for the people of our sector. Good on you. You've been living in the in the sector since you were 10, so I, th- I don't think too many people can say that. <laughs> hey, uh, talking about books, what book are you reading at the moment? Oh, you won't believe this. This is a bit woo-woo and not normal for <laughs> me. But I'm actually, a girlfriend of mine suggested that I need to read A Radical Awakening by um, Dr. Shafali, which is is a lot about self-reflection, which um, I don't spend a lot of time sitting still. So it's a a really interesting way to re-look at yourself. Probably a little bit scary, a little bit enlightening and um, also very, very helpful. So I think I might go and pick that one up as well. Um, Joe, final words for, you know, anyone thinking about getting into the industry, what would you say to them? Oh, build your network, go to everything you possibly can, put your ego aside the minute you walk in the door every morning, be kind, allow yourself to make mistakes. Oh, I love that. I love your heart for this industry and for people just really shines through and I am just so thankful that you play such a vital and important part in the sector and you know I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today if anyone would like to reach out and connect with you online how can they reach out Joe? Oh look I'm always up for talking about villages so they can reach out to me on LinkedIn if they'd like to they can um Call me on my mobile. They can email me at uh, jody.prosser at the dcmgroup.com.au. I would love to talk to anyone or help anyone in any way I can. Well, you're an absolute champion. I love you to bits. So glad again that you are part of this sector. Thank you so much for talking and we'll talk again real soon. Thanks, Ali. Gilmore Interior Design is a full-service interior design studio. Based in Sydney, their multi-award winning studio is built on creativity, collaboration and exceptional service. To find out more, go to www.gilmoreid.com.au.